Ready? Yep. Welcome to Ox. I'm Bianca. And I'm Hannah. And we're just two 20-something-year-olds trying to figure it out. One awkward moment at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about things that we're probably all really familiar with, things that we might not want to really talk about, but it's a necessary part of life. Um, We're going to be talking about feedback in the workplace, in our relationships with people, just in general, failure, but most importantly, how to bounce back. Yeah. All right. So actually, funny enough, I was in church this morning um, and the pastor was talking about how as believers, like we fall down, right? But like the cool thing about being a believer is that like you have not only God, but you have like your fellow believers to kind of help you rise up again. It's like a guarantee that happens. Um, and particularly as people in general, as 20 somethings who don't really know anything, I always joke and say that like your life is really starting at 20. Cause it's like you spent the past the 20 years before, like figuring out what to do and now you're thrust into the real world um but what happens when you're thrust into the real world and you're just like i don't know what's going on and there's a lot of i don't say negative energy but newfound criticism coming your way how do you deal with those things without like it diminishing your hope for the future and diminishing your idea of what your 20s and beyond can be like right han that's really real like i feel like if you get a piece of bad feedback or piece of criticism at this time in life when like it just feels like everything is super sensitive because you yourself are questioning uh you're questioning your life and you're questioning you know what happens next so when Mm -hmm. someone else chimes in and like puts in their feedback or whatever it can like feel that much more intense right um so that's that's so so real I mean like recently I did the crazy thing and asked for feedback from my bosses. And Mm -hmm. it was definitely an interesting experience. Yeah. Definitely um, not anything that I was really prepared for. It's completely different from like going to a professor's office hours and like asking for feedback on a specific paper. I feel like I was kind of expecting it to be like that, but... Mm -hmm really wasn't <laughs> and for me personally it was kind of like three people against one and kind of like all their like interpretations of who I was just like thrown upon me at once but I'm realizing that it's not just me you know it's I'm not the only one who has received poor feedback you know and like it's also super important to, to take apart that feedback and figure out how much of it is actually relevant right how much of it is actually like usable versus how much of it is like subjective and and honestly that stuff is really just a waste so I completely resonate with you because I've definitely had my share of criticism this year as well and it's trying to like sift out what is constructive and what is just like people coming at you because they're really coming at themselves and they just don't know how to deal with their own issues Mm -hmm. but one thing that I keep thinking about is the fact that For the first time in my life, honestly speaking, people have commented on actual character flaws that I might have that people have really never addressed before. Um, And it is really a tinge to your pride because it's like, oh, like I've been doing this for a really long time and no one has said anything. And I was joking with one of our friends and I was saying, yeah, it's funny. It's for the first time in my life I realized that like I'm a flawed human being. And obviously I know that I'm not perfect, right? Because that doesn't, I'm not a perfect person, but 
And for the first time, I can see how, like, a lot of my flaws that I've really brushed under the rug and no one has really had the balls to confront me about, or maybe they have, I just didn't take them seriously, can impact my work, can impact my career, and can really impact, like, relationships, you know what I mean, outside of the workplace. And it's been, it's been really good for me. I, I, it's definitely painful um, and eye-opening, but it's been really good for me because I realized, like, there are some things that you can work on, you know what I mean? Even, like, your energy coming into the workplace once you get into that workplace, like your attitude really has to shift because right. you're a brand, you know what I mean? You're representing something. Um, and that was something that really dawned on my mind and really has really impacted me in the way that I approach my job nowadays. I'm just like, honey, it's like really not about you ever. And one thing that I think that I've realized also is that like, as much as I am an asset to my, my job, like they won't hesitate to find somebody else as soon as I start messing up. You know what I mean? Like the reality is you're disposable. There's a lot of other smart 20 something year olds who maybe might approach things differently in a way that's more effective. So if you're not ready to get your stuff together, honey, somebody else will do it. I know that like, I want to be my best self. Um, I don't want to just be mediocre at anything that I'm doing. And if it comes down to someone really telling me about myself, even if it hurts me, I'm ready to take it, which is something that I never would have said when I was like 18 years old, because I was People were gassing me up, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're perfect, Bianca. You're this, Bianca. <laughs> you're not. Um, there are people who can do things a lot better than you, right? It's a matter of you, like, working hard at what you can do and showing people why you deserve to be there. So I, I definitely feel what you are saying, Hannah, and these are my takeaways as well. You were talking about flaws, and I think yeah. that's really interesting. Like what, what do you, like, what type of flaws are you referring to that you need to work on? Hmm. Oh, girl, you trying to get into my feelings? <laughs> Um, okay, one thing I will say is, I think I've been conditioned with, in a really weird way to think that, like, the world kind of revolves around me, and not in the sense that I think that, like, I'm the most important thing, but I always sometimes think, like, you're so important, right, to everything that, like, people can't afford to let you go. You know what I mean? And I mean this in the sense of, like, a lot of things. Like, you, everyone listening probably knows what the heck I'm talking about. Like, let's say, like, at work, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, like, well, if I don't want to do something or if I don't want to do something in a ter certain time phrase, like, that's fine because they're going to have to wait. Like, for me, like, I take a while to do things just in general because um, I really like to take my time. And I just, like, am a perfectionist. But also I just, like, really sometimes I'm just playing games and just taking too damn long. Um and that's something that my boss, like, pointed out. And I was like, girl, but I'm just trying to make things perfect. But it's like, when you have a deadline, it's not, it's like, you have to learn how to work um, a little bit more diligently, um, mm -hmm. under pressure, and a little bit more efficiently. And also, I know me and Hannah talk about this off the record. This whole, like, millennial thing, I feel like has been thrust upon all of us because, like, we're 20-something. And it's like, oh, uh, what? But there's a lot of, like entitlement I'm not I get it I think that everyone should be more than satisfied in their job but I think that there's this like idea like once you get hired like if I don't go to work every single day feeling like I am over the moon and I love what I'm doing and I'm influencing the world and all of this stuff then like this job isn't for me and I think there's a line a very is that <laughs> entitlement or is that idealism I think that it's a little bit of entitlement. I think that I've spoken to enough people to realize that people think that, like, they have, they're, like, they're supposed to, like, feel like everything has to be perfect all the time at their job. That's not necessarily entitled. Like, when I think of entitlement, I think of me saying that I'm entitled to the perfect job, like, because I am who I am, I deserve it, or, like, this job needs to be waiting for me, rather than, like, 
oh, I should love my job. Like, okay, I could, I guess I could have also said deserve to love my job because, like, I've worked so hard, which is what I was trying to get at. But, um, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think that a lot of people are like, yeah, I went to college for four years, like, and I did all this stuff. So, like, I deserve, not should, but should also deserve to go to work and be like, this is popping and people should, like, love me and everything that I'm doing. And it's like, your job and your career really is a reflection of, like, what your life is like. There's not ever a day in your life where everything has to go perfectly because, like, you deserve for it to go perfectly you know what I mean it's just like the nature of life that things are not going to go well and you Mm -hmm. can't just be like I'm going to quit my job and another reality is that like at the end of the day you know you gotta eat (laughs) you know bills have to be paid rent has to be paid things have to be paid for um so it's like I've, I've been really wrestling with this like when is the line to say like I'm not happy here and I need to like get out of the situation versus like I can do some work on myself to make this more enjoyable. Do you know what I mean? For the meantime. For sure. um, Yeah, so. I think it's a balance. Um, For me personally, like, when we talk about entitlement, like, I've been wrestling with this a little bit because I feel like the fellowship that I'm in currently, in some ways, like, encourages us to be entitled because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're all recent grads with, like, quote-unquote translatable skills right but really that just means like general skills like we're not necessarily great experts Mm -hmm. we're just smart people who may or may not pick things up quick right right put into jobs like with titles like manager or one girl i know it has a title of director Mm. and you have a ton of responsibility and it's like you're just we're just a little bit in a way bred to be entitled um, or feel entitled to a certain experience or a certain, like, yeah, a certain experience. And then, but on the other hand, I feel like me personally, just like the way that I just move around the world or like, especially with the workplace, like it was initially a struggle because it's like, all these people are so much older than me. And like, you know, with our culture, like, you know, we're so, so yeah. elders and like thinking back to my first job was so weird calling adults by their first name. And like, right. I feel like remnants of that are still like around today. Sometimes I feel like I need to act more entitled to certain experiences. Like mm-hmm. I'll talk to some of my coworkers and they're like, yeah, like, you know, when this happened, like I said X, Y, Z. And I'm like, right. Whoa. Like, how could you say that to our boss? How dare you, right? (laughs) I would have never done that, or I would have never asked for that, or like, I can't even think of asking for that. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like any industry, but right now I'm in, you know, business, Mm -hmm. like, you have to be that person. You have to believe that you deserve certain things and that you can cross certain lines. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it's a balance for sure. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and it's like little things. Like I remember one time my PI means principal investigator was going to a meeting and she's like, Okay, like, yeah, Bianca, we're going to this meeting and I was like, Girl, can I go? It took a certain level of boldness for me to even ask to go to that meeting because I was like, I deserve a seat at the table, as cliche as that sounds, you know what I mean? And like I'm here to learn as much as I am here to work, I'm here to learn as well. Um, and I really want to see what's going on. So I just asked her and she like, let me go. And she's like, yeah, for sure. I just, I don't even know. I didn't ask. Um, and another time we were talking and she like made this comment about, um, I work with individuals who are, who are HIV positive 
and our substance users. So she made a comment about somebody who was like looking for a new job opportunity. And she's like, I'm really nervous about like hiring such and such because I'm nervous about them like relapsing or whatever the case may be. And I had said something to counter her argument. And I was literally shaking in my boots because I was like, I don't want to like go against authority. But she literally, initially she was like, yeah, like I'm so happy you said that. And then she emails me later. She's like, I'm so grateful for you because I'm, I would have never thought in that way. And how dare me who works with these people and tries to renew hope in them, try to diminish any possibility of them having like a new chance at life. So it's like, it's a fine line to draw where it's like when you're used to like being seen and not heard, you know what I mean? And our culture is like, hey, be quiet. What are you talking about? You don't know anything. I'm your mother. I'm your father. I'm your auntie. And it's like, okay. And then you go to work and it's like, people actually want to hear you speak. And it's really, I I see it. Like whenever I go to meetings, I'm like just listening, looking around, eyes all bug eyed and like, Ooh, okay. People know what they're talking about, but you have to remember. Yes. Like, even though like I may not have a doctorate, I may not have a master's. I've been only working for two years, barely have a 401k. I deserve to be here. Right. Cause someone hired me and my opinion matters. And it's a fresh idea. Cause I think that for me, there's no one who's below 30 who I work with. With the exception of, like, two, three people um, out of, like, 12, everybody's white, so, um, which is another conversation to have. Um, so I think sometimes when they're talking about things, I'm like, I know for a fact that you're just talking from what you've read in the literature, right? Or what you think you know what you're talking you're talking about, but, like, I am on the ground. Like, I live in this place. I interact mm-hmm. with these people. I am on social media, and I know how to work it pretty well. And, you know, all these different things. So I, I, it's, it's like, it's a, it's a balance you have to strike. But one thing that keeps coming into mind is like, you tread lightly and you have to have some level of discernment. Like you're not about to curse out your boss. You know what I mean? But like, if you feel in your heart of hearts, like you need to say something that is going to benefit yourself and the general like course of trajectory of your job, then like say something and do something, you know? Yeah. I mean, comment on the culture, like it's crazy. Cause it's like, mm. I feel like I constantly reminding myself why I'm here. You know, there's an actual reason I'm here. Like no right. one's going to hire someone and give them an actual salary money (laughs) (laughs) it's like you talk about like the seat at the table and it's honestly more than just having the seat at the table it's like what do you do with that seat right like you own that seat do you you know take up space or do Mm -hmm. you waste space right Mm -hmm. so it's like you know I feel like for a lot of a lot of like black women you know we're fighting for that seat at the table but then like you fight, fight, fight for so long, you get there and it's like, okay, <laughs> like now what, you know? I'm here, right. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of where we are, where we are right now. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we've kind of got a seat, kind of got the foot in the door. And now we're just like figuring out how to speak up or how to like clean that seat. Right. And like how to claim it, like while still um, maintaining your identity. Because for me, I'm just like, I don't know how I sound. Like for me, people always say I sound like really monotone and whatever. And that's just honestly, it's just something that I, no one has ever commented on when I was growing up. I was like, I just feel like I have an flex in my voice. But everyone's like, yeah, I can't really tell if you're like sad or mad or happy. And I'm like, I'm really happy. <laughs> um, and I, <laughs> but I, I think about these things and I'm like, I don't want to come off as like angry or I don't want to come off as me being like defensive when I'm literally not. Like I'm just saying something. And even with, like, facial things, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes your face tells a whole story 
that like your mouth isn't opening up to say you know what I mean and I even things like that like when I'm at a meeting people say something that's like what the heck and I'm like oh girl you better fix your face because you know people are watching you and it's like little things like that so like once you get to the table yes like what do you do with it but like also how do you even how how comfortable are you with even approaching people you know what I mean or talking about things that might be concerning you so definitely for sure I kind of want to like switch gears really quick and go into something a little bit more uplifting. So I have a very serious question for you. Ask away, boo. (laughs) If you were, oh, okay, 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 wait, wait. Okay. If you were an electronic device, what would you be? Oh, I would say a cell phone, a smartphone. Which one? Girl, the iPhone, baby girl. Come on, let's keep it 100. <laughs> Not even because I like. Th- I don't think that the iPhone is like the best smartphone out there, but I will say that the iPhone is like most connected to everything. You know what I mean? Like I think that the Google Pixel is like lit, but it's like iPhones are everywhere. Even when it comes to like being connected charger wise, like my niece was like, oh, do you have an Android charger? I was like, girl, I don't even know what those look like. If you ask for an, an iPhone charger, best believe someone has two you know what i mean everything works with an iphone you can literally do everything you need to do on an iphone like i've written essays on phone on my phone before um like it's like it just it's really accessible and i think I feel like that's what I try to embody, a sense of accessibility, a sense of being flexible, a sense of being like, anyone can connect to me, wink, wink. Um, so I think that's the, that's the, what I try to present to the world. So like, if I was going to be something, I would definitely be an iPhone. I don't think that only certain people can like interact with me or use me. I think that like anyone can be like, hey, girl. So yeah. How about you? Hmm. Well, to play devil's advocate, some might say that the iPhone is basic. I don't think it's, there's a difference between being basic and being simple. Um, so definitely not. And I don't think that I'm simple. I don't think that I'm basic at all. I think that I'm like useful. I know I'm not basic, girl. I'm just, <laughs> I'm clean. You know what I mean? I'm seamless. That's what it is. Okay. Seamless. Don't try and play me, baby girl. It's not going to work. <laughs> How about you? Girl, no, you have to ask me a, diff- a different question. And I want to hear what you would be if you were an electronic device, Hannah. I literally don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know either until I just said what I said. <laughs> um, okay, I'm trying to think of what I have in my room with me right now. I don't know. What keeps coming to mind is a DSLR camera. Mm. Because they are high quality, the best, mm-hmm. and classic i like it that's cute thank you well (laughs) well let's go on to our next topic of discussion okay guys so i have something to share i am a budding coffee addict actually no let me retract that statement you don't want that to be the case words are very powerful there's definitely a bible verse about that but i don't remember it bianca do you remember it the word says that there's life and death and the tongue that is one scripture so yes that's exactly what that is so let me let me retract that but anyway let me talk to you about coffee 
it's one of those things that adults love. It's, you know, a staple, Starbucks, pumpkin spice, et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. for the longest time, through college, you know, like, B, you know this, like, y'all would go to, like, Avon Pond and get your little drinks, and I'd be like, no, I'm good, and, like, mm-hmm. drink my little green tea or whatever. And the reason for that was, like, I really was just not trying to be like those people who are like, oh my gosh, I only have one coffee today and like, I'm so tired. Or like, like mm-hmm. it was just too much. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was weird. It's like, can I have three coffees a day? And like, they were literally just like bouncing up the walls and slept mm-hmm. three hours a night and not trying to make that in my life. So okay. avoided it, avoided it, avoided it. Then come to Miami mm. and got introduced to a little thing called the Cortadito. Mm, girl let me tell you about the cortadito sounds dangerous <laughs> let me tell you tell me girl cortadito is a little shot of cuban espresso okay that they like to call like cuban crack it's smaller than a shot it's like a baby shot right mm-hmm. espresso and i think the cortadito is they're like a little bit sweet too you just mm-hmm. like swig it, swig it back and it's so powerful. My friend was pregnant and she wasn't allowed to have them because like it was just too much. Too much, yeah. So the other thing with that is like, okay, if you don't want, you can get a cortado, which is like a little bit bigger with milk. Mm-hmm. Or you could upgrade to a cafe con leche. And so you're like, oh, you know, that's, that's dulled down with milk and sugar. It's fine. You drink mm-hmm. it, it like tastes like a milkshake like it's very very sweet but it's basically it's still the same thing <laughs> yeah it basically packs a punch of like two of those cortaditos and for me the first time i had it i was like i took the little shot thing mm-hmm. a couple of sips of cafe con leche and i had like three cups of uh, black tea i don't know who i thought it was <laughs> rich different <laughs> <laughs> no, it was but literally like Two to three hours into the day, I had to go home. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I'm not exaggerating. I had to go home early because my body was shaking. Like, oh, my gosh. I couldn't focus. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So since then, it's like, it's literally a drug. Like, since then, I'm like, oh, I can hang. And so I'll try to have, like, a little bit. And it affects me the same way. Oh, Lord, girl. It's just too much. So Yeah. Moral of the story is keep those things away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. To cool it with the coffee. Yeah. It's like so funny that you bring that up because when I, first of all, when I was in college, like I didn't, I don't, I can count on the number of, the number of times I was like, let me get a cup of coffee, like proper coffee. Um, I would get like Starbucks fraps, like nobody's business or like chai tea whatever oprah chai which is like not and when i think about it i'm like why was i paying an extra dollar or two for right. oprah's name like it's trash you know but oh it's terrible but she's my girl you know so it's fine um we both have almond shaped eyes so you know anyways um so yeah that's what i would do and like I'm a big tea drinker. I always joke that, like, because, like, I'm Ghanaian, I drink colonial tea because, like, the British came and colonized, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, like, a cute little joke because who drinks black tea? Like, anyways, so that's what I was doing. I start working, literally, and it's, like, a, a social club. It's, like, it's called the Let's Go Get Coffee Club or You Want to Go Get Coffee Club. And it's, like, people will just be, like, I'm leaving to go downstairs and get some coffee. So I'm, like, hell yeah, I'll join. And I would just find myself, like, two times 
during a day, three times during a day, like going to get coffee, acting like I needed it, going to those little carts and getting coffee on my way in. And, And it's, yeah, it was crazy. Like milk and sugar, like doing the absolute most. Um, and I, so I did this for about like a year. I'll actually say like nine months. Yeah, nine, 10 months. Because I started work in August and I stopped drinking coffee in, in, in mid-June. Um, but yes, yeah, so I found myself doing that. And I had a, I took a step back. And I was like, girl, you don't even really like coffee. Like it was never something that you did ever in high school. Like, no, why are you doing this? And I realized that like even the act of drinking coffee is like a social thing. It's kind of like casual drinking, but drinking mm-hmm. of coffee, you know? So I traveled um, in June and I obviously didn't drink coffee because I went to Ghana that whole time. And like I was chilling trying to get that vitamin D, you know what I mean? So I wasn't drinking because there was no need for me to drink coffee. And when I came back, I was like, let me just try something with my body. So since the end of really mid-June till now, I do this thing where I only drink water, like literally only drink water and one cup of tea per day. And even I can even go without drinking the tea. And even if I don't get like a lot of sleep, I'll just drink the water. And it's been like the one, the most wonderful thing I've ever done because it's training me to realize that like your body does what you want it to do for the most mm-hmm. part. You know what I mean? And you're able to like survive on your body's like natural energy <laughs> um, without like inundating it with like caffeine and things of that sort or just like excess caffeine. And it's been really cool. I feel like it's been helping me. Like I'm not jittery. I'm not anxious. Um, and like now even when I eat like a piece of candy, you know, like I had like a Snickers bar for the first time in like forever, like one of those mini Snickers bars. And I tried to take a nap and my heart was racing like crazy. Um, and it was a mini, like it was, it was like one of those Halloween candy size ones, like super small. And I felt myself like going crazy. And it just made me realize like your body reacts to what you feed it. You know what I mean? Because I turned 23 in July and I was like, I'm trying to like to have a 23 to 24 thing so like from 23 to 24 like I'm trying to make some like real hard life changes and like do things so that like later on in my life I don't look back and be like girl you were addicted to coffee with milk and sugar this down the third like nah um Wait, were so you the person who told me that by 30 <laughs> yeah all your habits are set yeah so I was talking to a friend of mine and we were just chatting she's also our age and she's also trying to figure out the whole adulting thing hey Ruth um <laughs> and she's like Girl, you know what? Apparently, like, most of your habits are, like, set in stone um, by 30. And so she was like, yeah, I'm, like, trying to make every effort to work on things, like, cultivate good habits <laughs> and get rid of bad habits by 30. And I'm like, maybe, like, that it's not really a fact, but it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, after 30 years of doing certain things, um, or even 10 years or five years of doing certain things, like, by the time you get to 30, I feel like you're pretty set in, like, your, like, trajectory of life, which is what I've heard from a lot of older people. So it's like, even if, like, you have bad habits, it's just harder for you to, like, get rid of them. So, like, I'm, like, on this this going hard thing where I'm, like, I'm just trying to do better. And I'm trying to make sure about time I get to 30 God willing like I'm gonna have some real good habits and it's really translated into like everything that I do even when it comes to saving things that I put in my body like the relationships that I have I'm like I just need like that health is wealth movement like is a real thing for me yeah I think senior year I did like a three-day sugar cleanse which almost but it was actually really cool because (laughs) I realized that I could have willpower and I realized the incredible impact that or just how present sugar is in everything that I personally eat. Yeah. Crazy. It was really, really hard, honestly, like removing it. 
And since then, I've been trying to like find ways to like remove sugar, sort of, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to do it halfway and not all the way, you know. But yeah, like I feel like each week I'm like, okay, this is the week I'm gonna decrease my sugar intake. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so my thing is sugar. Um, yeah. Just reducing the amount of like added sugar and refined sugar in my diet because mm-hmm. it really sneaks in in like crazy crazy ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for me, like what has helped in regards to that is like just making your own stuff, <laughs> you know, um, as opposed to like buying things. And like that helps with me saving money too because I'm like, if I don't buy something that someone made and I just make it myself, I'm saving myself money as well mm-hmm. as like being mindful of what I put into my body. So right. yeah. tips for the people. But yeah, so I kind of want to quickly go back to something that we were talking about before and then like wrap it up for the folks at home. So when we first started talking, you mentioned energy and mm. like, you know, how you walk into a room like really makes a difference. Mm. And I have a couple of thoughts on that. First off, and I was mentioning like, you know, when I got poor feedback, one of the things that was mentioned was like my... I don't think they said energy per se, but they mentioned, um, like, my attitude. Mm. Okay, so that's an issue for a number, a couple of reasons. reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the word attitude is very, very loaded, mm-hmm. being that I'm a black woman. Sis, sis. But they're like, yeah, you know, your attitude, I feel like it's up and down. Some days you seem super excited about this, some days you seem checked out. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Um, But honestly, like, I'm like you in that, like, my facial expressions tell you everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So there definitely were days when I was like, you know, screw this. Like, it sucks. I need to get Mm -hmm. out of here. And I guess Mm -hmm. maybe it showed. Yeah. But um, so there's that. But also there's a fact that, like, you know, people emote in different ways. And I'm definitely not one to be like, skipping around every single day you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even when I'm excited about something right um but yeah when it comes to like energy and like kind of like your aura right this is something that like I talk about a lot with like my church small group it's kind of like you know everyone goes through hard times everyone goes through storms and valleys and all of that and what really makes a difference is like how you how you deal with it right yeah how you kind of can tell like a believer from someone else it's like Mm -hmm. when you're going through your hardest time like how much do you let that affect your everyday and it can be the smallest issue to the largest right and it's like Mm -hmm. it's a choice it's a choice that you make to walk into the office and be grumpy yeah choice that you make to roll your eyes or just not talk to people like you don't have to act negatively even if you're dealing with turmoil at home or internally like Mm -hmm. just you know there's scientific studies that say like when you smile it actually sends neurotransmitters to your emotional receptors (laughs) Mm -hmm. it actually like uh stimulates your dopamine receptors um when you smile for a long period of time it actually makes you happy when you you know, lift your arms or like stand like a superhero that makes you feel powerful. So actually, I wouldn't say fake it till you make it because sometimes that can actually be very, very harmful. But making the conscious choice and effort to defy your circumstances can make a huge difference. I agree. I agree completely. Um, And also like for me, I just... I've learned, especially in the past like two years, that number one, things could be a lot worse. And two, that like 
people are like praying and begging to be in some of the positions that we take for granted. You know what I mean? Even as unsatisfied as you might be on that Monday morning when you have to get to work and you're rushing and you wish you just had like a Sunday and a half to sleep in or whatever the case may be. I've, I've recognized that like even the things that I complain about is a place of privilege for, for me. And like I have to do well, like you were saying, especially as a believer to like delight in your your hardships and your persecutions and your trials because like it's temporary and it's like working together for your good and I had this scripture on my wall like from freshman year yeah to senior year it was like a decal that I had and I don't think I really took it as seriously as I should have but I really definitely take it seriously now it's it's from Colossians 3:23 and it says whatever you do work at it as if you're working for the Lord and not for man because I think like when your boss is getting on your nerves or like you know your car is not trying to start up or whatever the case may be it's very easy for you to just be like f it you know what i mean or like forget it all i'm going back to sleep but like when you realize like everything that you're doing you're working at it for for my me personally for the lord or whatever you're whatever you ascribe to it just makes it like it makes things come full circle it kind of sheds purpose on what you're doing so i i feel that and it's like you you have that when you recognize and you approach things in that manner it's easier for you, for you to be to walk into a room and be like listen it's not easy but like i'm good and i'm gonna be as happy as i can be you know what i mean i miss the circumstances so yeah So that brings us to the end of this episode. We are so excited that you joined us today and we are looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, for sure. Love you guys.